Eggy, have you purchased any lumber recently? No, I've been dodging, fortunately I've been dodging lumber, but I did have a friend who was buying a lot of lumber for building a home and wow, lumber got expensive really fast. How about a car? You got a new car recently? No, I never no. buy a new car. Okay, well, that's a fair. That's, I think that is <laughs> their word to the wise from Guy and Conrad. <laughs> don't, don't buy, buy lumber your cars, cars new. And, or lumber cars. I wonder what the price of a uh, the wood-paneled you know, Jeep Grand Cherokee will be, if that's going to oh. get just like super problematic. Great question. And why, are, why is this stuff so going up so much? Are we, are we so talking about much? lumber? Well, so macroeconomically, we're dealing with this massive inflation. And yet lawyers are not necessarily adapting their pricing to meet that inflation. I think we're more of a lagging indicator, but we're going to be talking about pricing. Bring your MBA to the table today, Conrad. It is. So usually you can play the JD card on these, <laughs> and I feel like a little naked, but um, I will bring the MBA card along with thoughts from my favorite book, Selling the Invisible, which talks about pricing. Love it. So we've got loads of news to report on today. And as Conrad mentioned, we are going to do a deep dive on pricing and uh, have some fun as usual. Hit it. Money makes a and welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, teaching you how to promote, market, and make fat stacks for your legal practice here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. Before we get started, we wanted to thank our sponsors, Clio, Alert Communications, and Lawyer, which is now a part of Clio. We may have to go shopping for uh, another sponsor, Guy. Yes, yeah, so if you're listening to this and you want to get some earballs in front of your product, give us a jingle. Earballs in front of the product. I like that. That was, <laughs> that was quite witty off the bat. Okay, so hey, Guy, were you on Facebook two days ago? Yeah, I was just hammering the refresh button on my browser because I don't have it on my phone. Uh, no, I was not. All right. So for those of you who have lived under a rock or who have not lived under a rock, you know that Facebook went down for about five hours. Not just Facebook. It was lots of stuff, right? Instagram, Insta, WhatsApp. And how much money did they lose, Guy? I have no idea, but Snopes says... They did some math. You can just search for Facebook ad revenue in Snopes. Total cost impact. Oh, that's the that's worldwide. So I don't know if that's the one you want to talk about. Which number do you want to throw out? To no, the we were we were talking about like three hundred million lost. dollars, or is it three hundred million? Lots of millions in lost revenue. That's ad revenue. That, that is big, a big number. The interesting thing on a completely unrelated note, Guy and Conrad's agencies will now be offering a guarantee that your website uptime will be greater. And Facebook's. Ha. Yeah. In <laughs> fact, somebody actually did an, a pretty good breakdown. I'm blanking on who it was, but uptime by major platforms. And, you know, I, I think the other side of that, I know this is just the news segment. We're obviously ranting on it all too much already. But, you know, there are people genuinely panicked about this. Like people like it was a psychologically. Wow. Mm. We are hooked on this stuff. Yeah. All right. Also in the news. Smokeball raises $30 million venture capital money for Matter Management. There's still a lot of money moving into legal tech. Not a surprise, but uh, the Matter Management, Guy, my perspective, seems to be a lot more mature than some of the other legal tech options. So I was 
it was an interesting thing to see this. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, I think matter management is kind of the, uh, that segment is going to drive a ton of the consolidation that we're going to see, right? Because um, it's going to be consolidated around matter management? Yeah, I mean, I think matter management just seems like the operating system type of thing, to use uh, Jack Newton's words. Yeah. Everything else flows in through matter management. Did you say Jack Newton? I did. Clio Cloud Conference, October 26th or 29th. If you want to hang out with Jack Newton virtually, you have an opportunity to do so. And if you look not very hard on the interwebs, you will absolutely be able to find a discount code somewhere for the Clio Cloud Conference. That is the end of this month. I would strongly recommend attending that to make yourselves smarter about all things legal and technology. Also in Google News, we have started seeing whisperings and examples of the local five pack. Is the three pack expanding to five? That would be fascinating. And finally, I want to ask you on the news. This is, I don't know that this has made the news yet, but it is more of a whisper. Maybe we'll talk about it in two weeks. Brand names showing up as local service ads. So when I search for Bill Smith, the attorney, his brand name showing up as a local service ad. Now, why did that make you wretch when you heard about this? Well, I have to give a nod to my friend David Haskins because he sent me a message and was like, have you seen this uh, brand names and LSAs? And I was like, gosh, I hope not because you're going to be paying $200 a phone call for someone who already has your name. So short version is from an acquisition strategy, a $200 target cost per phone call for people that don't know about you might be good. Fill that funnel up. But paying $200 a phone call for someone who already has your name might be a little high. That's probably a conversation for a whole other episode. I haven't dug deep on this one, but lawyers, heads up. If you're running LSAs and you're seeing your LSA show for searches on your name, it might be time to call Google. And then we've, I mean, there's also, again, this is supposed to be the news and we're hijacking it to talk about theory, but there's a problem with this, especially in terms of Google thinking about brand names as equating to personal injury lawyer. That's what I think's going on. Right? I do it's too. Just a, it's a matching problem. I, I think there's a matching problem. And, and by the way, if you're, un- so let me be more explicit on what I'm talking about here. Semantically, Smith Jones lawyer can be seen by the very smart search engines as meaning I'm looking for a personal injury lawyer in Tampa, Florida, right? And so it's very possible this is what Haskins has seen. But it doesn't change the problem. We may know why the problem is happening. It doesn't change the problem. And so if you're a heavy TV spender, for example, and people are commonly searching for your brand because of your TV spend, you've now just made your TV spend a lot more expensive if these LSAs show up after someone looks for your brand. And even worse, if they are showing other lawyers in the LSA section for searches on your name, right? (laughs) Yes, this will be great. And now it is time for the Legal Trends Report Minute, brought to you by Clio. So our big numbers from the Trends Report are that offering payment plans is number three for consumers and number eight for lawyers in terms of, what is it, importance? It's in terms of like what is important to consumers in hiring a lawyer. And then the flip question for lawyers is what is going to make you more successful? Mm, Got it. 
Which is really, we're going to go deep on prices. We won't belabor it too much in the minute, but that's one of those areas that you know the trends report does a nice job of highlighting the disparity between consumers' perception and lawyers' perceptions. As always, to learn more about these opportunities, pricing, and much, much more. For free, download Clio's Legal Trends Report at clio.com forward slash trends. That's Clio spelled C-L-I-O. So pricing. Now, we touched on the pricing thing a little while ago, and we, and, and we pulled this interesting piece out of Clio, I want to say seven or eight episodes ago, where it was really talking about how pricing is seen as the second most important thing to consumers, and yet the ninth most important thing to lawyers when it comes to being successful. And so where there, there's this disparity. And Guy and I touched on this for a little bit, but I thought it made sense for us to come back because pricing is clearly very important to consumers. And yet lawyers really see it as, Guy, my perspective is most lawyers, and I do this with my agency, I'm really good and therefore I'm expensive, right? And I think that's a fallacious correlation. Right, I don't think that's necessarily always the case, but I mean, have you ever bought something based primarily on price key? Yeah, and, and again, I, and just for folks that want to hear the previous conversation, is the uh, George Saharis episode from Clio on LHLM, and I'm sure we'll put that in the show notes. But you know, and this is where you're—I uh, want to hear what they taught you in business school about pricing. But you know, the, the issue, one of the issues with pricing is. It's just there's not a lot like lawyers don't spend a lot of time thinking about it and they don't think about it. It's like you said, they don't think about it from the perspective of the consumer. They don't think about it from the perspective of the marketplace. They don't think about it from the, you know, with respect to the consumer thing, like what's the value to the consumer? And, you know, most lawyers, my hunches and lawyers, if you disagree with this or think that the, the tide has turned on this, most lawyers you talk to, what's your pricing? It's some hourly rate. Uh, unless you're a contingency fee lawyer, which we can talk about that in a different context. But for most lawyers that are doing you know, pricing in the more transactional sense, it's, it's usually an hourly rate. And that hourly rate is usually based on their perspective of their knowledge, skill, experience, how long they've been practicing, or as you mentioned, how good of a lawyer they think they are. That's about it. Yeah. And the business school answer will tell you, I mean, your entry-level strategy or marketing class will teach you the four Ps, product, price, place, and promotion. We've talked, and then there's, there's someone snarkily added positioning at the end of that, which we've talked a lot about positioning. We've talked a lot about place, right? So all the local services where your offer is, office is, that is the, the kind of crux of place. We've talked very little bit about pricing. And my... My bias on pricing here is that most lawyers think on an hourly rate basis and they equate competency and value to high hourly rates. And that's not always the case. And it's certainly not what consumers want to think about. So, I mean, the very simplistic, and I would say overly simplistic perspective here is that if I'm a really good lawyer, I can charge a really, really high hourly rate. And the reality is there are some things for which consumers realize they don't necessarily need the world's best traffic ticket lawyer, right? And they're sensitive to that. See, I think about positioning. I mean, this is where it goes for me because I, I would, my response to that would be like, yeah, and guess what? Maybe I don't want, I'm not the lawyer for them. And then you get talk about the access to justice stuff. But I kind of think about it like this. Number one is, is like, it goes back to who is your target audience? Are you building a business 
to service people who are searching for affordable divorce lawyer near me, cheap divorce lawyer near me, or free divorce lawyer near me, or free divorce. Is that who you want to service? Because you're going to build your whole business, including your pricing, to cater to that position. Otherwise, this is the thing that comes back in the context of the perception stuff. It doesn't matter. Here's the sad thing that lawyers hate to hear. It really doesn't matter how competent you are. It's the consumer's perception of how right. competent you are. And not just competency. It's consumer's perception of your service, of whether their people feel like you're empathetic and care about them, because there's value in that, right? Sometimes people are making decisions about who, which lawyer they're going to hire based on that initial conversation of like, you know what? You sound like you actually care about me. Right. The key that you brought up there, I think, Guy, is the correlation, the fallacious correlation between price and quality, right? In the consumer's mind. We buy, whether you admit it to yourself or not, we frequently buy what we believe to be high quality items based on price, right? If you buy wine, you have done that. And sorry to all the onophiles who I'm uh, insulting right now, but like if you buy wine, you have absolutely done that. If you've ever bought a German car, you have absolutely done that. If you've ever bought a Rolex, you've absolutely done that. And so there's this correlation between price and quality. I think what I would try to challenge the, our listeners here is that's not necessarily the case. You may be really, really good at handling things quickly, right? You may be really, really efficient at running things that need to be run efficiently. And you don't necessarily, I, I think what I'm trying to break here, and this was this came up, we're going to bring her up again, but with a conversation with Erin Levine, where she talked about how her lawyers are making more money right? Even though a lot of what their positioning is for hello divorce is not on high price. In fact, it is specifically pushing back on that concept of high price. I think she actually mentioned that in, in the conversation that we had last time in the business plan, right? Like right. I found that people cared about price and yet we weren't really catering to that segment. And I, yeah. and I think you can, I want to shift your mindset that you can actually make more money by not competing on being the most expensive lawyer in town. Well, and here's here's my thing on that is, is that I think there's another, we tend to have this other fallacy that consumer perceptions are static, right? So I think one of the things that something like Hello Divorce does a really good job of is appealing to the market segment that wants an affordable divorce, educating them, and then helping them draw the conclusion that, hey, you know what? I actually do need to spend some money on this. And so point being that a consumer's perceptions are dynamic. They change, right? So it's like yeah. you know, an, a very unsophisticated consumer, you know, in certain, and that's not always true, right? Some people are very sophisticated and they're just like, at the end of the day, I just want, and the right fit for them is the affordable, straightforward DIY divorce. That might be right. But what a lot of times, and we see this with search intent, someone that searches for affordable divorce lawyer near me today might end up choosing right. a high-priced lawyer after they've gone through that education process. And that's the other thing I would tell folks is the more that you can educate those prospects and help them understand why there's value in spending more money on your lawyer, that's how you navigate that. Yeah, I mean, so what you just talked about, and I hate using this term because it sounds duplicitous and, and sneaky, and it's not. This is a Trojan horse approach, right? Like there are a lot of people trying to figure out what their financial commitment is given their legal issue. And I want to move away from divorce a little bit because it's so obvious. This applies across the board. There are people trying to figure this out, what this is going to cost me. And I'm really concerned about this. We're not doing a good job 
and and you mentioned search intent, I want to get to this. There, we're not doing a great job as legal marketers in not addressing that question frequently. Well, and that's the thing for me. I mean, because we, we talked about this in the in the pre-show, and this is the part that I think is so valuable. You know, we're a, we're a marketing podcast here. And we talk about this all the time, target cost per acquisition. Well, guess what? Target cost per acquisition is tied to lifetime value of a customer or at least, you know, target fee for right. uh, a new client. And so it's very, those are very, very connected, you know, TLDR, higher fee, higher target cost per acquisition. Let me come back to something you said earlier. You're talking about contingency fees, right? Yeah. So personal injury lawyers. How do they compete on price and transparency around price? You know, they don't really. I mean, some do. I shouldn't say that some do. But uh, most, and again, if you're a PI lawyer and this is not your experience in your jurisdiction or your local community, I would love to hear from you. Let's um, talk. But most of the time, it's a pretty standard percentage, right? It's I'm taking 30%, it's 40% of the winnings. Now, I guess the, and this is maybe what you're alluding to. Yes. Is that, uh, it's free. Right. <laughs> it's free if we don't win. So what's the price? The price is free up, oh, except if we win, we get paid on the back end. So, you know, call, it's almost like, you know, pe- lawyers will hate to hear this, but it's a rev share, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fee sharing with your client. I don't even want to yeah. say that. No, but like, <laughs> don't say that. I didn't say I that. I think your point here is really, really valid. And this is why, this is exactly why they, I asked the question. There is a very limited understanding among Joe population of that pricing model, right? And I do think there is value in uh, no fee until we win, right? Because pricing becomes a big concern. And I also agree with you, Guy. Down the road, most consumers are not selecting their attorney based on, hey, these guys are going to take 30% of those guys are going to take 20%, right? I think, I, I, I just don't think that's really happening. No, I don't think it is either. And, and, and lawyers aren't really, I don't think most of them are trying to, contingency fee lawyers aren't competing on price like this. But here's, here's my thing about this, because I think contingency pricing has an applicability to even in thinking about this in other contexts, which is you're aligning your incentives with your client, right? And so like, it's, I always think about it, I mean, think about it in, in agency pricing models, but you know, hourly pricing, it's the what I call the cab to nowhere, right? We're not connecting it to some kind of value metric. We're just connecting it to number of hours spent. And you know, as a former plaintiff's lawyer, we would see this on the, the defense side all the time, you know? So defense lawyers are listening to this. They're going to be like, I can't stand lunch hour legal marketing now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they're going to paper the, the account because they're just billing by the hour. It doesn't, it's not tied to their ability to mitigate the risk, right? The defense lawyer is not like, they're not getting paid by perceived value of the risk of the loss, uh, which the plaintiff lawyer is. They're just saying, you know, let's just get in the car and we'll drive this thing as long as we possibly can and send you a bill and congratulations if we win and oh, sorry, here's the bill if we lose. Anyway, the, my, my ranty point is, is that there's a lesson to be learned about aligning incentives with clients from a pricing standpoint and, and even from a business model standpoint. Like, how do you, and this goes back to the value-based conversation, which, you know, that's the thing that I really love talking about is, is like connecting your pricing and your marketing and your positioning to the value of the expertise that you deliver to a client. That resonates a lot more than I fight really hard. I've been practicing forever. And so therefore I'm $500 an hour. 
When we come back, we're gonna go deeper on pricing into payment plans, price transparency, unbundled legal services, and a lot of other MBA buzzwords, all relating to marketing your practice through pricing. No one cites routine drafting as the reason they chose to become a lawyer, but that's where a lot of time goes for solo practitioners and small firms. LawYaw can help you transform your existing Word documents into reusable templates with no coding required. Save time and avoid errors with intuitive features like conditional logic. Use a tool that empowers your experience and expertise. Learn more at LawYaw.com. That's L-A-W-Y-A-W.com. As the largest legal-only call center in the U.S., Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7, 365 as an extension of your firm in both English and Spanish. Alert uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed, which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention. To find out how Alert can help your law office, call 866-827-5568 or visit alertcommunications.com forward slash LTN. And we're back talking about pricing. And Guy, I want to talk now about payment plans. That was our tip from the Clio Legal Trends Report as being the third most important thing to consumers and yet the ninth most important thing to attorneys. Let's talk a little bit about the number of firms that offer payment plans. Uh, 72% of consumers want them. How many firms actually offer payment plans? According to the Trends Report, 53%, about half. So think about that. So like that feel like if you look at those numbers quickly, it's like, oh yeah, you know, 25% of people aren't being served by, by firms that want payment plans. But 72% of consumers want payment plans, right? Let me put this differently. If you don't offer a payment plan, you are deliberately or going out of your way to annoy three-fourths of the market, right? Well, and, and you know the other thing that I connect to this that comes out of the legal trends report is go. if you don't offer a payment plan, it's less likely you're gonna get paid. We see lawyers constantly struggle with that, of like percentage of clients who are paying. Right. You're creating friction. And as a business owner, is there anything worse that you do, Guy, than chase people who owe you money? <laughs> oh, I, you know, uh, gosh, that really, that really cuts deep. Yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> I mean, it really changes your relationship with your client, right? To try and get a good review from that client. I don't think so. You touched on this earlier, Guy, about pricing, but I think the same is very true for payment plans. Making it clear and visible that this is something that you offer, right? We're just missing that, right? Like it's so important to lawyers. And I, I had an interesting conversation with Dan Lear about, you know, just putting the, uh, the payment plan icon on pages. Does that help conversion? He, he actually didn't know, which he should know, but like making it very clear that that's something that you are that you embrace, that you're there to make it easy, that you recognize that this is a really expensive, nerve-wracking problem that that this that your prospective client is is dealing with. I think it's just super important. Yeah, I mean, I I it's interesting because I would love to see some data on this. We don't really test this. I think a lot of our, I mean, a lot of our clients are PI lawyers anyway, but I think it's very interesting. It would be a very interesting thing to test the impact of pricing transparency, not only on like, you know, landing page copy, but in ad copy. But I, the other thing to keep in mind here is the competitive landscape. So yes. 
you know, I would be remiss to advise anybody, like, just throw pricing everywhere, especially if your pricing isn't competitive, right? So if you're leading with pricing and you're not the most competitive price, you, you, that's probably not your strongest position in the landscape. But I do think that, you know, to these issues that we're talking about, more pricing transparency earlier leads to things like getting paid because this idea that you're going to like hide the price and then you're going to like have this big reveal at the end not only is going to hurt your conversion rate it's going to annoy people you see it in negative reviews you know hey they you know they bait and switched me on the price or they right. didn't share the price early on i wouldn't have hired them if i'd known they were this expensive and blah 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 and so there you know it's it is interesting it's a it's one of those things that a lot of lawyers just don't want to talk about, don't want to test. They they don't they're not really they don't come to us having these conversations of like, hey, here's how my pricing works. Right. You know, we we usually talk about in terms of like big picture things like revenue and fees generated, but you know, what's your position on pricing? I think is a really important part of the conversation. How many times, Guy, have you talked to an attorney about pricing that doesn't involve some variant of I'm really good, so therefore I'm expensive? Right. You know, it's funny too. My my instinct, and I'm probably, people are probably already picking up on this and tired <laughs> of hearing me say it, but I'm like this. I'm like, if you want to run ads, here's what the other ads for the right. target queries in your location look like. So if you can't compete with what that ad copy says, you know, you got to rethink either you're going to have a conversation about how can we actually, you know, write compelling copy that is more compelling than the competition. And if, you know, if price is in there, like, you know, we see this in bankruptcy all the time, right? Because like bankruptcy is, and bankruptcy lawyers probably hate to hear this, but largely commoditized from a pricing perspective. And you're just not, why aren't we getting any clicks? Why aren't we getting any conversions? Well, because the lawyer right next door to you is much more competitively priced in their ad copy on their landing pages. They're, they're much more uh, transparent about it. And so um, anyway, that's, that's, that's where it always comes for me because I'm like, at the end of the day, like when we're building plans, it, it's usually built around some kind of like business objective. Yeah. But price has to be part of that conversation because that's, as we talked about before, that's what drives fees. Well, you, you set this up beautifully for me because you talked about ad copy, right? But there's a whole SEO side to this as well. Right. In, in what may not shock any of our listeners, like the SEO industry is kind of maxed out in terms of like there's a piece of content written about almost anything. Most lawyers don't want to talk about price. Most consumers want to talk about price. There's your unique opportunity to start playing the SEO game. And if you look at things like it, do, do competitive queries for things like fees or costs or payment plans, right? And see what shows up. You know what? I ran this just uh, beforehand just to see what would happen. I did, and again, because we've just been talking to Aaron Levine at Hello Divorce, I did this for divorce. You know who's doing a great job of content and winning traffic for people who are looking for low-cost divorce? Hello Divorce. The really smart directories as well, right? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, so Hello Divorce is playing this game really well, but Thumbtack is playing it. Yelp is playing it. You, oh, yeah. you want to find the best cheap divorce lawyers? Now, mm -hmm. you may not want to be on that list, but Yelp has a page for you right? Thumbtack has a page for affordable divorce lawyers, right? And so like, I feel like I search harder and harder for those little niches in every facet of law where we can kill it from an SEO perspective. This is one game that lots of you just hold your nose at not wanting to play. And you're losing to Thumbtack 
and you're losing to Yelp there. I'm just gonna try and rub salt in that wound about who you're losing it to. Yelp is beating you because they're thinking about this and they're doing a great job of it. Yeah, and, and again, the pushback for that everybody's listening to this is gonna be like, yep, I don't wanna participate in the race to the bottom. And in my response to that is like that, you know, for some of you, that's probably exactly right. You know, this is none of this applies to you. But for those that are thinking race to the bottom, I think that this idea of educating the consumer through from affordable, free, cheap to here's the value that you get if you actually are willing to invest in a lawyer, that's the play. So, you know, here's your content piece. Why you shouldn't choose the most affordable divorce lawyer. <laughs> right? there, there you go. Right. <laughs> um, or, you know, anyway, that was, you know, it's just a very off the cuff kind of idea. But but the point is, is like, you know, we talk about market forces and the market most of the market is very conscientious about price in many of these life legal contexts and so if you're just ignoring it you're not speaking to a large segment of the market and you know maybe that's not that's not what you want to do that's fine you know and and maybe you're somewhere in the middle where you're like you know look I'm going to let hello divorce serve the content but I'm going to participate in their network for the qualify as they get qualified for my services, right? And that's, I think, going to be a big part of the future as well. Yeah. I want to finish this segment with uh, I'm stealing out of Clio Trends Report. I, you know, we're going to have to start getting more money out of Clio. We keep talking about the Trends Report, but it's so good. And yet no one has published anything that comes even close. When we're talking about payment plans, Clio says, and, I, and this is obvious, but I, and I think it applies to everything, payment plans should be more available and more visible, right? So just because you do these things, that's not marketing it, right? Making this stuff visible. And that was why I had that question around, you know, gravity payments, does that convert at a higher rate? We don't know the answer to that, we should. But the visibility. Yeah, I think, it, I mean, like basic marketing 101. If you have a competitive advantage yeah. on pricing, that you should be tying that into your... Unique selling proposition. Yeah. And you're missing if you don't. Right. Okay. With that, we're going to put Aaron Levine's podcast with us in the show notes because it was a really, really good, inspirational, uplifting conversation. And it does get into this pricing element as well. Thank you for joining us. And Guy? Until next time, dear listener. This is Guy and Conrad signing off. Please do subscribe via your favorite podcast subscribing thingamabob and uh again feedback tell us how we're doing topics you want us to hear cover you can hashtag us lhlm really anywhere that hashtags work uh or connect with us in all the variety of ways that you can take care talk soon thank you for listening to lunch hour legal marketing if you'd like more information about what you heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Follow Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of 
nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network. Its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.